Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Palmer bet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight up screamer. Download our app today and enjoy straight up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. On SEN, The Picks with David King and Sam Edmund. Yes, hello everyone and welcome to The Picks once again. Sam Edmund with you and David King. How are you, Kiggy? Sammy, how are you? Well, I'm a bit flat. A bit flat? Well, we're a, we're a warts and all operation in here. We sing when we're winning. Well, I think we will sing when we are winning. Uh, but we'll put it out there when we're not. And at the moment, David, I think it's fair to say that we're not. We had a stinker. What did we get? <laughs> Do we really want to say this? Last week... I thought I had a shocker, and then I see you, and the first thing you tell me is we both got two. That just shows you. <laughs> just shows you how hard this comp is. Two. I need. I've rang Jano for some. I've had a, con, a consultation with Jano just to get my confidence back. Yep. Because he got eight out of nine oh, in the previous week. The steamroller, I call him. Two. Can you two. believe it? So you said tipping was boring, famously on our first episode. Well, it, it might is. be boring, but it's safer. Yeah, true. It's safer than this. We're doing it with a difference, of course. It's all about the line. And there's some interesting – well, there were some really tight lines last week. So we, we possibly could have got eight or nine or we could have got two. And we ended up getting two. A little bit more generous this week. I'd like to think so anyway, at least on paper. But before we rip into round seven, Kingy, and there are some big games. We eagerly anticipate this round, don't we? Here's what's been floating around today. The Melbourne Football Club and Simon Goodwin have named Ben Brown to face his old side, North wow. Melbourne, in his home state, Tasmania, this weekend. What a demon debut. It shapes, or finally shapes for him. Well, that's the game that Ben would have targeted, let's be honest. I mean, he would have had a quick look at the fixture and and have been saying, I want to get the kangaroos and I want to kick a bag. I want to make a <laughs> statement, even though they were, you know... Best friends there for a while. They gave him his opportunity. He was fantastic for the football club. They offered him a great contract. Exactly. They gave him another opportunity, a fat one. A fat one. And he and his management decided to hold off. Yep. And it would have made him the highest paid player at North Melbourne. And then, gee, hasn't that ship sailed? And good luck to him. You know what? It wouldn't have made any difference to where the Kangaroos are right now, I don't think. Maybe you win one more game. Maybe you don't. doesn't really matter. And I hope that Ben goes on and uh, wins a premiership with the Ds. Be great for all parties. After biting his tongue in recent times, Nathan Buckley is declared he wants to coach Collingwood next year. He's put it on the record, but he added that his future won't be decided on until two-thirds of the way through the season. So this is departing from his appearance on AFL 360 last week. Clearly, they've had a conversation in-house there at Collingwood and thought, this is the way we play at Bucks. We just can't have it raging on like this in public. You get this bit out there, maybe buy you and us a little bit of time, do you think? Yeah, it only buys time if you keep winning or, or start winning because if they get rolled this weekend, it is front and centre again. So a big game, 
against the uh, Suns, so a massive opportunity for the Suns to derail oh. a football club. Hey, just on that, they're, they're one of three clubs, I reckon, a real watching briefer over them when it comes to what's at stake this week, Kingy. The pies you mentioned against Gold Coast, what about Carlton against oh, Essendon? Oh, my God, Carlton against... There's a few games to look forward to. There's some really juicy matchups. Essendon playing some pretty good footy. I know the way they sit on the ladder, and they're, they're just a dangerous team again. These young kids have come in. They've brought some spark, some enthusiasm. Yep. Darcy Parrish going crazy as a bona fide midfielder now. So all energy, if you feel like all energy, all positivity is with Essendon right now. Ridley comes back. They're going to be a different back six. I know they've got their challenges down there. But if Big Harry doesn't kick another bag, where do the goals come from? And there's another club sitting, standing above the trapdoor, and that is Brett Ratton's Saints. Oof. They've got the Hawks. After what Clarko famously said last yes. year, and built, and just built this, you know, this this Ratton versus Clarkson thing. I know they love each other. I know they're form, they're best mates, and they he do took a, a lot of coaching. Had a crack at him. He had a crack at him. And so I, I that like game that. style, that's not going to last. Won't go stack the distance. up. And he was probably right. So that was the chip chip protecting game style. This is a little bit different the way the Saints are playing at the moment. But coaches don't like it when when other coaches are talking about how they play and the likelihood of success. So. Let's wait and see what happens. All right, let's get started, shall we? We will rip into round seven, and what a place to start. Friday night football, prime time. These are the joys of the floating fixture. Is you're nailed on to get a great game every week, and this is a scriptwriter's dream. It is 3-3 three and three Richmond against the undefeated Western Bulldogs. As I say, Friday night, MCG, prime time slot, the Tigers – well, Dustin Martin's in New Zealand. Kane Lambert's out. Dion Presti has aggravated the calf. Nick Vlosten's sideline. Dylan Grimes is under a cloud as well. But Riley Collier-Dawkins will finally make his Yay. AFL debut. Well done to him. Round of applause. Well, Tigers. Indeed. Club's first pick in the 2018 National Draft. He's had to bide his time. The Dogs have got injury issues too, of course. Tim English won't play. Josh Dunkley, he's out. Lin Jong might just be the unluckiest man in football. The line, David. Minus 11.5 in favour of the Western Bulldogs. Minus 11.5. Well, let's have a look at what these two teams are doing. So the last time the Dogs were top of the table round six or deeper into the season was round 19, 1998. That's a long time ago, isn't it? So they they briefly were there in round four of of 2006. Um, And even in their premiership year of 2016, they they were never higher than fourth. So this just shows you how good this outfit is. Um, convincing wins over Brisbane, the Gold Coast, and GWS the last three weeks. I, I like what they do contest to contest. So the clearance battle, they're the best in the competition, plus nine. Then wherever the ball goes after that, it's called post-clearance contested possession. They're not only number one, they're number one by panels. They're relentless. They are relentless. So the game lives in con- contest, which I think suits the Tigers. It suits the way they want to play. They like an honest brand of footy. They like it spilling around KO to get ground level. Uh, but they've got their issues. And, and their issues aren't with how they play. Their issues are with punishment at the end. So they win, they're winning it back. They're doing everything right in terms of their uh, integrity of, to defend. But the punishment that used to come at the end is not quite there. It's only a small margin. So the ability to, 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 to turn that, that intercept into a goal or into a score, is all that's missing. More feather duster than leather strap at the moment. Yeah, it's it's a small a small margin which could just click. I know there's a few players that aren't there, that mm-hmm. the, the Showtime guys aren't there this week, but 
Look out. This is a danger game, and I'm going to stick fat. I'm going to say this is going to be an absolute nail-biter. Oh, no so it's bite. within 11 and a half? I think so. So you go on Tigers then effectively. Oh. Well, so that is – it's going to be fascinating because whenever you ask someone how do you bring the dogs unstuck, they say it's got to be pressure on the ball. It's a high handball game. You've got to put pressure on the ball. So this could be a good stress test for the dog system. And in regards to personnel missing for Richmond, well, Damien Hardwick has uh, almost lost his voice telling us that it's a system-based club and an mm. organisation. It's not about the stars. And he came in to defend Tom Lynch spectacularly yesterday as well. Awesome. So – the line's 11 and a half. You're going with uh, the Richmond to get within that. I'm saying the dogs clear the line. Clear the line. I'm all in on oh, the dogs. I like when I'm we, a believer. So I like when we go different straight off the bat. Straight off the bat. I'm going the dogs. I lo- I'm in love with the way they're playing the game at the moment, albeit Tim English is going to be a real loss. You're going the Tigers. Let's move to Saturday. The first cab off the rank is the Pies that we speak about and have spoken about so often this week. They've got Gold Coast. Reinvigorated, weren't they, the Gold Coast last weekend? But this is a different kettle of fish. It's taking place at the MCG. Another debutant for the Pies. Caleb Poulter sunk that free throw, so he comes in with the flowing mullet. That's Collingwood's fifth debutant in seven rounds. Jordan Dugowie gets back from concussion. Marquini's back from suspension, and that means that Darcy Moore will remain in the forward line. So Gold Coast, they've had a well, they've had a ruck crisis, haven't they, Kingy? But they've got Zach Smith available anyway for selection. Can they bring the intent they showed last week to the MCG? Because it's the first time they've played at the home of footy since August 2019. Is that right? 2019. The line is the same as the game we just mentioned. It's pies, 11 and a, minus 11 and a half. Minus 11 and a half. Well, let's have a look at the two teams. I'm fascinated by Collingwood, okay? They've had awful trouble with the cost of turnover. Their kicking out of the back line has been disastrous. Dr. Daniel Hoyne tells us that it's Maynard and Crisp. Two players you wouldn't have thought that were poor kicks coming out of the defensive They're the half. main offenders. They're the main offenders. They're the ones turning it over, uh, exiting that D half. So last season, they were a high handball team, but that's not the case this year. So second most handballs in the competition last year. This year, they've dropped to 11th. And, and I wonder if they've got to get back to that. The hardest skill in our game is to kick the ball mm. and hit that target. And they're struggling with that at the moment. So... Let, let's have a look at that. That's knocking around their defensive numbers. They're conceding, on average, 101 points a game. So there's some real problems at the Pies in terms of their defensive work, but they're gifting. It's that gift score that's really breaking their back. So, gee, it's a it's a hard game to tip. But the Suns, if if you knew they were going to bring the heat they brought last week, you'd almost be inclined to think of real upsets on the cards. They laid nearly 80 tackles yeah, last week, the Suns. It was unreal. And, and for all the critics they've had about a lack of the, the first quarter against the dog, first half against the Dogs a week prior to that was shocking. But, gee, they rolled the sleeves up up there um, at home. Can they bring the same thing the next week? Well, it was a forward half game. They, they forced Sydney to just loop the ball into the corridor. Sydney played really aggressive. It was a poor day at the office for them, and they were made pay. So they, they, they got those turnovers onto the scoreboard. They didn't get a lot of forward half turnovers, only 24, which is 20% below the AFL average, but they scored 40 points from them, which is you know top four from last round. So... I like their quicker mode. I like seeing Stuart Dew's plan for the first time for the year. I think that we saw what he's all about. So the second half of the Dogs game was was a positive for them, and they took it into the Sydney game. Can they bring it into this one? I'm not sure. The last time the Pies lost six in a row was 2015. I like how you're getting all historical today. You like that? Yeah. Yeah. It's good historical stuff. A bit of research. 2015. I got up early this morning. (laughs) Um, So, look. 
On blind faith, I'm going with Collingwood. Minus 11 and a half, but with no confidence at all. Zero confidence. I'm with you. I think they'll clear the line, Collingwood. But again, I certainly wouldn't be putting my house on it uh, no. by any stretch of the imagination. Just the fact that it's at the MCG, they get some quality back. But you're right, they're going to have to play a lot better than they are. And, and I just can't trust the Suns at the MCG to replicate what they did last week. When was the last time they lost seven in a row, do you know? So if they lose this one, that'll be six. Go on. 2005. 2005. The dark time. time. The dark old days. That dark was. old days. That was when they hit the draft real hard. Okay. Let's go to Adelaide. Adelaide Oval, in fact, where the Crows will welcome the GWS Giants. It's at 2.10 p.m. Adelaide Oval. Too tight for a line. The Crows' favourites at the bookies, $1.89. GWS, $1.91. Tom Lynch is still being monitored, the Crows say, off the back of that bizarre medical substitution uh, down in Hobart when he wasn't ready to play. Rory Sloan still another week or two off with what was a pretty scary eye injury. The Giants, though. They've got some reinforcements coming in here. And we start with Jesse Hogan, who will play his first game for the club at long last. He's overcome the quad injuries, played three games at the lower level and has impressed. So he comes in. Lockie Whitfield, their All-Australian defender, he's finally ready to go. And speaking of scary, that was a lacerated liver. Was it liver? Lacerated kidney. Liver. liver. I think it might have been liver. Bruised liver. Regardless, doesn't sound too appealing. But Lockie Whitfield back, Jesse Hogan as well. Well, it's it's a fascinating game because Hogan comes in and he can play different roles, Hogan. He can go on balls and midfielder as a big-bodied uh, hit-to target and then he can drift forward and still impact uh, the scoreboard. He can play as a bona fide full forward if they if they need him to. So he can do many things. He can put out a few, a few fires for you. So last week against the Dogs, they were really disappointing. They got beaten up, the Giants. You know, minus 44 contested possessions, minus 13 clearances. Oh. You, you can't survive on that. You really can't. And they are a contested ball team, the Giants. They're an honest football team. They want to win it with a cold face, and then they want to play fast. So that's that's their modus operandi. They set two and four on the table. It's a huge game for them. I feel like if they don't win this one, we can sort of wave goodbye to them. Curtains. 2021. The Crows are a different team. They're a hard team to play against the Crows. Their ball movement is brilliant. So they're low disposal, maximum damage. 17th in disposal, yet they've got a top four attack. So I look at um, I look at the way they get organised, and you'll see this. If you're watching the game, you'll see it. They almost form like 10-metre gaps in between each player as they counterpunch. It's very, very much like the old Don Pike system, uh, which you're seeing now at the Sydney Swans, and then it's a wave run. So they get into trouble, they just change lanes, handball to the guy next to them, kick to the guy next to them. So their danger is from stoppage. Number one in the competition at points from stoppage. So when you look what the Crows are strong at and what the Giants are strong at, they're both going to butt heads. Yeah, This is going to be, this is going to be a brutal game. It really will be. And whoever gets dominance from clearance will win. Now, that's a simplistic thing to say, but everything comes off the back of honest football for these two teams. They don't cheat. There's no great flair. There's no... There's no tremendous point of difference. It's just honest footy. So I'm I'm going to back. Hang on. There is potentially one point of difference. What's that? And one piece of flair. Well, he's the standing captain for the GWS Giants. He could be the difference. Yeah. In a meeting of, in a battle of wills, as you say. Yep. I mean, he's won them a couple of games already this season. He nearly, he, geez, he was, he had a fair old say in their loss to the Western Bulldogs as well. He's going to have a big say in this one if recent form's anything to go by. Little Tobias. Yes. He's the smallest centre-half forward in the competition. <laughs> yes. you, know, you know he's had the most shots at goals in the competition. Has he? The most. Equal most. 
He's been pretty wasteful, hasn't he? He's been very wasteful, but he's been a star at the same time. So you're right. Look, the only way to look at this game is that who's going to separate it? Is it system or, or individual? I think it'll, they'll butt heads, and I think I'm going to tip the Crows. I like GWS. Oh, dear. No line, too close. One for you, one for me. We're off and running round seven. It all starts, as we said, off the top. Richmond and the Western Bulldogs. That's first v. seventh on the 40-wings ladder. Any size mattress is the price of a single at 40-wings. Take a small break. Back on the other side of this. We're working through round seven right here on the Picks. I was on fire. On SEN, the Picks with David King and Sam Edmund. Hello, everybody. Great to have your company. Welcome back to The Pick. Sam Edmund, David King with you. Kingy, we're working our way through our tantalising round seven. I want to talk to you about the Blue Ribbon Cup. Hey, before you do. Yes. Did you did Fisher Mackesy sign today? He did. Did you say he was going to come back to Victoria? I said there was a chance he could. What sort of chance? I said the Victorian clubs had been alerted to the go-home desire of the top ten pick. I call bullshit. He signed. Well, he did sign, <laughs> but I didn't say he was definitely leaving. I said that there was a chance he could leave it's and that unless there was a reversal of fortunes, Mate. which clearly there was, trust me, oh, this is a well-worn cliche, isn't it? At the time of publication, oh. it was right. <laughs> Any feedback from South Australia? Not much. Send direct to no. 0414. <laughs> <laughs> Far away. Blue Ribbon Cup, shall yes. we? We move on. Yep. We, we digress. St Kilda and Hawthorne. I mean... It's Marvel Stadium, 4.35. The Hawks, a touch and go on Sean Burgoyne. We'll start with the personnel. He may come up short with that ankle. But Jack Gunston is a good chance to come in for his first game of the year. The reigning best and fairest had back surgery, of course, back in December. Lock-in Paddy Ryder, much-anticipated return to the uh, lineup and to link back with Rowan Marshall. Jimmy Webster has overcome a groin problem. And then there's Jack Bytel. He could come in. He was a medical sub uh, last week against Port Adelaide. Seb Ross said this week, Kingy, at the Saints, well, they've just been too boring. Too boring. They're too boring, and they need to get some spark Ooh, back, some energy. I like the sound of this. Too boring means we're going to play with dare, we're going to use our flair, we're going to run, we're going to gun. Well, that was their strength. Yeah, and I like that. Just don't cheat forward of the footy. Simple as that. Play an honest brand of footy. They're good enough to beat the Hawks, but they've got to get it done. The Hawks, we know there's been a little bit between the two coaches after mm. last year. You years. love this, don't you? Oh, I do love it. I really get invested <laughs> in the coaches when they sort of have a little spat. Um, good words, spat. When you look at uh, what the St Kilda side have been all about, so... You know, what have they lost? Four in a row, haven't they? Yep. Richmond, 86 points. Port Adelaide, 54 points. Is that right? No, no, no. They beat the West Coast prior to that. Uh, those two losses. So they haven't lost four in a row. I'll take, I'll take that back. Um, 16th in the competition without the footy. So look at four pillars. You know, do, do you deny the opposition scoring when they go inside 50? What's your pressure ranking like? Do you allow coast to coast and do you win the ball back between the arcs? They're the four pillars of defence. Every team tries to set up to maintain integrity across there. They're ranked 16th in the competition at the moment, St Kilda. So whilst they might want to excite and they feel like they're playing boring football, I want to see some some resilience without possession. Do they have the defensive integrity to stand up? 14th in the competition for pressure. And their defensive 50 is just not working at the moment. Mm. Too easy to score against them. So if they come with that sort of um, framework, which they've been bringing the last few weeks, then Hawthorne will get them. 
Because last week, they played some exciting football. I know the Saints are talking about exciting. The Hawks were – it's a fascinating game last week. Hawthorne versus the Adelaide Crows in Tassie was one of the better games I've seen for the year. See Cozzy go crazy up forward. Yep. He, they've got good targets to kick to. They, you know, Brewster was back in some form doing his thing. It was hard to tackle. And they've been competitive, Hawthorne. I know they got done in the end by 50. Mm. It was the last quarter blowout against Melbourne. Prior to that, their worst loss was 29 points against Richmond. So the games they've lost, they've been in them for a long period of time. So they're going to ask some questions, you would think. And they're doing things a little bit different. I, I, I still feel like Clarko, he knows that he's he's undermanned at the moment. They're lying on for talent. They've got a few injuries, as which tend to impact those those teams that are rebuilding more than others. You know, they don't have the, the depth of talent. So he's defending the back half. So he's stopping the opposition getting what they want. I really like it. And then they're getting counterpunch from that uh, D50 area. So so look out. So if you're not, if you're not prepared to engage um, in the slow dower fight with Hawthorne, which they can often bring, um, then you, you find yourself you find yourself almost fighting your own methods. So, if St Kilda want to play fast, fantastic. But if they if they get drawn into a slow game, the Hawks can become dangerous. You mentioned the Saints win loss, so they've won one of their last five. That's their most recent tale of the tape. The line is the Saints' favourite minus eight and a half. I'm going to go with the Saints minus the eight and a half because I think that's the most likely outcome, but nothing shocks you. So you're saying the Saints? Minus the eight and a half, yep. By less than eight and a half. Saints to clear the eight and a half. Yes, me too. I like the Saints to to cover that line as well. Brisbane Lions, Port Adelaide, gee whiz, this is a massive game. Saturday night. What a blockbuster. Up at the Gabba, Lockie Neal is a big loss for Chris Fagan, out having undergone ankle surgery. Of course, Darcy Gardner also has to miss under concussion protocols. Jared Berry, well, he'll face a fitness test on his groin. He could come in. The power have Sam Pepper back in red-hot form in the Sandful. Tom Rockliffe is also there. Trent McKenzie is also there. Riley Bonner's been cleared to resume from a five-week hamstring injury. They've got some enviable depth, Port Adelaide. Brisbane Lions, they're three and three and delicately placed. This is a massive game for them. Huge game, huge, and, and you, you want you want your best players there, obviously, for these sorts of clashes. But they're going to get a real audit, I think, the Brisbane Lions. I think Port Adelaide. If you have a look at how they're playing, so an it's audit. A, it's a high yep. mark game. They play 121 marks a game the last three weeks. So they're making the opposition defend for long periods, and to me, that's that's alarm bells for particularly some of their better defenders. Harris Andrews has been fantastic with his intercept work, but one-on-one, I don't think I've seen him more vulnerable than what he is right now. Harry Mackay got a hold of him, didn't he? We did, and, and he's, he's, had, he's had an awkward patch. If you look at his numbers, he's one of the most uh, vulnerable key post defenders in the competition right now. So when you look at what Port Adelaide are doing, it's control to protect their back six, to build the ball methodically. They were a forward-half team over the last two years. Now they're a back-half counter-attack team. But it's at, it's not at manic speed. It's controlled, and when they get it inside fifty, normally when you go slow or you mark the ball, like you have trouble scoring. They're number two in the competition at turning it inside fifty into a goal. So th- this is beautiful what Ken Hinckley's put together. I like the new the new spark talent with Fantasia doing his thing. You got a lira lira on fire. So there's just different things. They're just doing different things. The Port Adelaide team. Um, so when you look at what Brisbane do, so that's Port Adelaide. They mm. want to bring the ball from their back line nice and methodically, go forward and score. Brisbane want to lock the ball in their forward half. So this is going to be a test of wills. Can they get it through the forward half pressure of the Lions? 
Probably not, but I'm going to go with Port Adelaide. Okay, so the line is minus three and a half Port Adelaide. You go on the visitors? Minus three and a half. Absolutely. That's a very low skinny It is. Line. It's narrow, isn't it? Ooh. I'm going Port Adelaide as well to, to win and to clear the three and a half. So we are in unison. Okay, we're ripping our way through round seven. On the other side of this, on the picks, we'll go to the other Saturday night game, Sydney and Geelong, and then cast our eyes forward to the Sunday. On SEN. The Picks with David King and Sam Edmund. Yes, great to have your company back here on The Picks for Round 7. Sam Edmund, David King. Kingy, the other Saturday night game is Sydney and Geelong. It's at the SCG, 7.25pm bounce down. At least one change for the Cats, of course, given Mark O'Connor has a hamstring injury. But Jake Collajasny was subbed out with a knee problem in that thrashing of West Coast and you'd have to say would be unlikely. But how's the cue to get into this side? Jordan Clark, Quinton Narkle, Charlie Constable, Max Holmes, Zach Guthrie, Sam Simpson, the list goes on. And the Swannies have a few issues as well, don't they? George Hewitt misses with concussion. Nick Blakey copped a monster corky. He might need a temper mattress, or he's going to sit this one out, strap that temper onto the thigh. Sam Reed's going to miss a couple of weeks with a calf. Tom McCartan is a test with a hamstring. So Geelong, they hit the road after that ever so impressive win at home against the Eagles. Yeah, I'm worried about Sydney. They've lost their attack the last three weeks. They've lost you know, effectively four goals, averaging 96 points for the season, but the last three weeks down to 71. So what's happened? What, where's, that, where's that dissipated from? All from intercepts. So everything comes from what you do defensively, ensuring that you, you, you're solid, um, that you're not gifting the ball back and giving easy scores to the opposition. They've lost their forward 50. That's now 16th in, in terms of turning an inside 50 entry into a score. So you can, you can, the easy answer is, oh, that's Franklin. But it's not. It's a, it's a result of a whole host of things. Their ball use last week was arrogant. Uh, they just kicked the ball in the middle. Loopy kicks that they got picked off by the, the Gold Coast Suns who were ready for them. The Cats will be ready. You can't just drop the ball in the middle of the ground. You've got to make sure that options are on and live. Look at the Cats, the way they've changed this year. I mean, they're, they're a high handball game now. Mm. They're, they're wide. They're fast play-ons. Top three in the competition now for rolling and going. That's not the Geelong we saw last season. It's not so, the Geelong we saw the first couple of weeks. No, so I love it. I, I, I don't know what they can be. I think we're about to find out over the next couple of weeks how good the Cats are. And and this is a team that I think that they can get hold of. I really do. I like, I like this matchup uh, for the Cats I look at their, their ability to score from stoppage over the last three weeks, plus 21 points in their opposition, mm. and, and everyone will say, oh, who's not there? Don't worry about who's not there. Have a look who is there. Because I think we undersell Mitch Duncan. Um, they're, they're a fantastic outfit, the Geelong Football Club. Let's just see what they can become. Yeah. All the plaudits for Jeremy Cameron in his first game, as there should have been. But I reckon a guy who slipped under the radar, Gary Rowan, and he might be even Gary more Rowan. influential now, given that... Jez is in there with Tom Hawkins. He gets the third best defender. He's good overhead. He's, it just gives him something different for mine. He's up against his old side, the Swans, this weekend as well. So the line is the Cats, the favourites. No surprises there. The line's only minus 12 and a half. Is that all? So I'm having every piece of that, the Cats, to go beyond that. Yeah, yeah, I might be investing in that myself. Yeah, <laughs> right, okay. So, Sydney, you're right. Their form's as far as the first six rounds go, has been early ripe, early rotten, hasn't it? Top the ton the first three weeks. She's really dried up after that. Scores of 83, 69, and just 60. Nine goals, six against the Suns. They're going to have their work cut out breaking through this Cats, uh, this cat's grid. Winner goes to five and two and right on their way to play finals. You get that three-game buffer from um, 
from par is absolutely fantastic. So huge game for both teams. Are we in agreement? I think we are. Yep. Okay. Let's go to North Melbourne and Melbourne. A great joy to say that it will happen down at Blundstone Arena for a time that looked really unlikely. But the first bounce, Sunday afternoon, one ten pm Step up, Ben Brown, against your old side in your home state. So he's making his Demons debut. Now, Nathan Jones and Jake Melksham were named today in the, the Casey Demons side to play tonight, which was which was pretty strange. Taylor Garner, Aaron Hall are putting their hands up for North Melbourne. Trent DeMont will resume via the VFL. That'll be his first game for the year as well, Kingy. Before we get your thoughts on the game, the line is a monster. Melbourne, minus 57 oh, and a half. Wow. In Tassie, 57 and a half. Yeah. It's a big number. Look, the kangaroos are going They're going just average, to put it nicely. Not that average, though, are they? They've lost 14 in a row. 14 in a row. Oh, God. The, the last win was the 1st of August last year. So, look, 0-6, a percentage of 48%. Th- things have never been as, as bleak. The young kids are starting to find their feet. But they just need some more middle core support. The senior players are trying hard. I saw Ben Cunnington going hard last week. Todd Goldstein trying to inspire. And Jack Zebel was very good. Outside of that, you're sort of scrambling for the next senior player of influence. And that's the problem. They just don't have it. So this is why they're embarking on a rebuild. Uh, some of the kids are taking some steps, but it's going to take time. Unfortunately, that, that's the same answer we give every week. But the punishment is coming on the scoreboard. Isn't it? I mean, 51 points, it ended up being to Fremantle last week. Mm. They were better than that. But at the end of the day, you can only judge the scoreboard. Let's look at Melbourne. And they are a seriously tough football team. Plus 21 contested possession a week on their opponent. I mean, that's that's just ridiculous. That's just brutality. They were ferocious against Richmond. I could not take your eyes off that game, could you? Nah, absolutely Stoppage not. to stoppage. It's high handball and it's go forward now. That's what I really like. There's no there's no lethargy in their play anymore. It's bang. Explode Richmond method? And go. Well, a little bit. A little bit. I think the, the handball game is taking over the competition. And we'll get to that. We, we might have a chat about that tomorrow. Mm. I think the, the better teams now have high handball numbers. So is that what we want? I don't know. But it does protect your back six. Number one defence in the comp the last three weeks, Melbourne. The defensive 50 is unbelievable with May and Lever down there at the moment. Salem, we talked a lot about last week, probably was best on ground despite not getting the medal. But what they're doing without the ball is the change at Melbourne. The number one pressure team in the competition. So all credit to them. They're great to watch. They will brain the kangaroos. They're, they're, they're in a different planet at the moment. They're in a different um, ends of the spectrum. So the line was, what did you say, 50-odd points? 57 and a half. So the oh. biggest margin that in a game that North Melbourne's been involved with uh, down at Blundstone Arena, 86 points April 2018 against the Blues. Since then, we haven't had anywhere near that. So I'm not sure what the forecast is. It seems like an overgenerous line for mine. Ooh. So I'm going to back your Kangas to get within 57 and a half points of Melbourne. See, you make it really awkward for me to go the other way now because it looks like I'm not supporting them. But if we're doing this just for the... You're an impartial observer. Impartial. I think they're on different planets. I think they're two goals a, a, a quarter better which gives you eight goals, 48. I might come with you. I'll come with you. Hey, you I like the way you, you worked that out come too. Come on, the Kangas. Real logical. Right, we'll take a break here on the picks. On the other side of this, we'll wrap up round seven. Essendon and Carlton, isn't that a big one? West Coast and Fremantle, the derby is ahead of us on the Sunday as well. Back with more after this. 
on SEN. The Picks with David King and Sam Edmund. Yes, great to have your company here on the picks ahead of round seven. Sam Edmund and a very sharp David King. Kingy, let's go to Sunday mid-afternoon, 3.20 at the MCG. Two old rivals and certainly plenty at stake for the Blues in this one. They come up against the Bombers. Let's start with the Bombers. Aaron Francis, he's hopeful of recovering from an ankle injury. Best and fairest, Jordan Ridley's ready to go. That's a big one. He served his 12-day concussion rest period. James Stewart is available as well. Now, the Blues have a host of potentials here. Nick Newman, Tom DeConning, Jack Silvani sounds promising as well. Now, how they come back, especially DeConning and Nick Newman, he's open for debate. But there's a few there. I think Jack Silvani's important. Just gives them something different inside 50 for David Teague. The line... The Blues are the favourite. The minus what? Minus six and a half. Are you sure? I am sure. Well, you have a look at the Blues' form. So they had a, a two-goal win against the Suns. They've lost to Port Adelaide by 28 points and Brisbane by 18 points. It felt like about 40 points against the, the Lions, to be honest. A couple of late ones there too. Yep. Um, how are they playing? So they're, they're a high play-on team. They want to keep speed on the game, Carlton, and they want to get in their forward half and keep it in there with stoppage. They want they score from stoppage in their forward half, which is a bit different to what the competition sort of do. I mean, they, normally it's lock it in and try and force turnover and and punish on turnover. But last three weeks they're number number three in the competition or third best in the competition at scoring from forward half stoppages, points from intercepts, seventeenth in yeah. the competition. The way this is it that the way they're defending is why they've got the win-loss they've, they've got. The, the, it's knife-through butter stuff a lot of the time, and there were some pretty galling passages of play in the loss to Brisbane. So what we're saying is if the ball doesn't go out of bounds yep. or they don't create a ball up, it's gone. Coast to coast. Coast to coast. That's the, the biggest problem for the Blues, and it's it's awful to watch. And, and David Teague has defended their model. He's defended uh, some of their back six. Their wingmen aren't playing true wing roles. They're not really sliding hard. They're not really covering... Uh, the exits as the opposition are trying to come out of their defensive 50. So there's a lot of flaws in the way Carlton are defending. And it was interesting listening to Justin Leppard through Jared Waitley. He said the Blues are essentially a one-on-one defensive unit, which is old school, almost out of date reading between the lines is what he was saying, and, and stands out when you compare it to most other teams in the competition. Yeah. And it puts their back six under pressure. It does. It does. And, and often you can see them almost outnumbered as the ball waltzes down the ground. So Teague should wear his flares to the game this week. Just <laughs> old school stuff that he's going with. Bit of John Travolta Saturday yeah. Night Fever. Bring it out, Teague. Get him going. Uh, the Bombers, the Bombers are they're essentially getting smashed at clearance and smashed at contested possession. So seventeenth in the competition in both those areas the last three weeks. So minus seven clearances, minus nineteen contested possession. So they can be beaten up. I know last week was a, was a fantastic performance, but it's all done on ball movement, and the the bulk of their scores coming from defensive fifty, having to go coast to coast. It's an unhealthy way to score. It's a little bit like what Port Adelaide are doing, but not with the same consistency. So it's a worry, the Bombers' profile, despite the fact we see a lot of young kids there and we really like how they're playing and what Mm. they're doing. Um, Lost to Sydney by three points, lost to Brisbane by 37 points, and then beat the Pies by four goals. So what do you believe in? What do you trust? Do you you trust that Carlton can, can beat the Bombers at clearance? And then and then find a way to lock it in their forward line, or do you say no? I don't trust the I don't trust them to lock it in, and I trust Essendon to move the ball full length of the ground. 
I don't know. I, don't, I actually have no idea where I sit with this. But let's strip it back and cut to the absolute chase here. Because on expectation, Carlton are winning this game. On what we're giving at the start of the what we were given at the start of the year, where both lists were supposedly the Blues are winning this game and they're winning it quite convincingly. Loser goes to two and five and misses the finals. It's as simple as that. The finals conversation is over for the loser of this game. And Carlton have got a lot at stake. St Kilda have got a lot at stake, and Collingwood have got a lot at stake. I reckon the Blues though might have the most at stake here. Well, I, this is going to the natives get restless. Silvani was in great form prior to, prior to injury. He's the one missing piece. He gives I, them something he different. Does. He's, a, he's a different sort of player. You know, I'm going to go the upset. I'm going to go. I'm going to go the Bombers plus the six and a half. I, I think it'll be a tight game, a real squeaky bum job late in the uh, fourth quarter. <laughs> Alex Ferguson style. <laughs> Alex Ferguson style. So I, I'm going to I'm going to go the Bombers and see if they can elevate in the midfield, challenge their midfielders to get the job done. Correct the contested possession and clearance woes if they can. Ooh. And what would that mean for Teague? Well, Teague for Teague. The Teague would he be positive in his press conference? Potentially I don't think so. He'd have to come in and be honest, I think, and they'd have to face the reality about their defensive stuff. But let's wait and see. I mean, mm. he, he's he's promising and promising and promising. We just need to see it. Enough words, as Mark McClure says: ordinary teams meet, good teams train. Mm. Just show us. Yeah. Don't talk about it. Just show us. I'm just flipping my twenty cent piece. Oh, what are you going with? Blues. You're stuck with them. I'm stuck with them. Blues by uh, more than six and a half as well. There you go. I'll make it real interesting. Oh, gosh. Um, I'm worried about you. Let's see what happens there. That is a fascinating game. You won't want to take your eyes off that. The round finishes out west. It is the derby. I'm not sure if we've got crowds at this point either, but uh, that decision to be made shortly. Hopefully we do, given uh, the situation has thankfully improved from a COVID perspective out in Perth and the Peel region. It is West Coast against Fremantle Sunday, 4.40pm, Optus Stadium. Jeremy McGovern, well, he leaves a big hole down back, doesn't he, for Adam Simpson's side. Out with an adductor. It might not be as bad as first thought. It might be the one to two weeks, but he's certainly going to miss. But Josh Kennedy... Shannon Hearn, Jack Petrocelli could all return for this game for West Coast. And boy, do they need some reinforcements at the moment. Brennan Cox racing the clock to get over his ankle injury for this one for Justin Longmuir and the Fremantle Dockers. The line, another tight one, Kingy. West Coast are favourites, but only just minus three and a half. Minus three and a half. Negligible. And, and I think when you, you know, you just talked about Carlton Essendon at the start of the year, what were your thoughts? I look at the West Coast and Fremantle, and I would have thought this would just be a West Coast victory. At the start of the year, you're looking at the fiction, you're saying, yep, they just get this one done. But they haven't, they, they don't look the team that we thought they were going to be the last couple of weeks. They're getting hammered at, at contested possession and, and clearance, and that's not them. I mean, they've been a tougher team than that. We know they've got some midfielders out, and we know they're struggling for some personnel. But the only way they're scoring or staying in games is the uncontested mark game. So can Fremantle stop that? Can they actually take that off the Eagles? I think they can. I think they're a really good, uh, solid football team without possession of the ball. If that's the case, I'm not sure how the West Coast find another method to score. Mm. Outside of Nick Natanui doing his thing at centre bounce clearances, um, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to score. And even when you look at centre bounce clearances this year for the West Coast, and this has been a dominant strength of theirs for years, they're ranked 12th uh, for clearances in total, 7th for centre-bounce clearance differential. 
and scores from centre bounce clearance is break even. Now that that's not them. They, mm. they need to be winning that by a goal, maybe a goal and a half. So I think this is swinging towards the Fremantle Football Club, who are one of the toughest teams in the competition right now, on the back of David Mundy. And Nathan Fife. Yes, well, Nathan Fife's kicked one goal 12. So if he gets the radar right, they're going to be even more dangerous. I, I, I'm going on reputation here only. Ooh. I'm giving them another chance. I'm going West Coast. Oh, yeah. I'm going West Coast. Well, and I'm I, going... I want some sort of logic. Though. Give me something. Why, why are you tipping them? What, what's, the, what's the reason? Kevin, go on. Well, I think Josh Kennedy and Shannon Hearn back will help immensely. Um there's a cascade effect when it comes to a key forward coming back, not just what he produces, but what those alongside him could. And I think Shannon Hearn for experience, for stability, is big as is big as well. And I'm just going to give him a chance, King. I'm going to give him a chance to bounce back at home, admittedly against their neighbour. As I say, I'm going on reputation at the moment. Gee, That's it. Shuey. That's hard to hard to split. I hope Shuey gets through the game. I mean, this is this is the problem that Adam Simpson's got at the moment. He's they've got no trust in some of the bodies over there. Some of the bodies are failing them. So when you look at Fremantle, just to put some numbers to it, last three weeks they're averaging plus nine clearances on their opponent, which is second best in the competition behind the Dogs. Plus fourteen contested possession, which is top four in the competition. So they are seriously tough, and this young midfield brigade are coming through. Brayshaw, in my opinion, is almost in the elite bracket yeah. of midfielders in the competition. The Blues tagged him. That Blues tagged him. They yeah. locked down on him hard. And and the West Coast may have to do the same. And I'm not. Who are they going to play on Nathan Five? Mm. I mean, they have. They just are down soldiers. It used to be Elliot Yo. Well, he's clearly not there. So this is a massive challenge for Adam Simpson. I'm going for him. You going Dockers? I'm going the Dockers, and I never thought I'd say that, but I am. Agreed to disagree. It is a massive round seven of football, David King. Before we leave, I wanted to get your take it to the bank. What's the one you're most bullish on? Which it might sound like a foolish question, given you got two last week. Uh, disclaimer: I did as well. But what one are you, mo- are you most <laughs> bullish on? Give us your take it to the bank. I can't believe them. It's only three and a half. The line, the Port Adelaide and Brisbane game. Yeah, I think Brisbane are a different. A different uh, weight range at the moment. Gabba factor. The Gabba is the Gabba a factor really for Port. I mean, well, the that, whole comp played there last year, I suppose. So yeah. perhaps not what it once was. Now that'd be mine. I'd be saying load up on the minus three and a half. What, what about yourself? This is controversial, but I reckon North Melbourne are certain needs to get within fifty-seven oh, and a half. No. Although no. I've. Well, it's at Hobart. You'd think it'd be really hard to get a blowout down there. The scores are generally low. However, I've just had a look at the forecast. It's 20, not much wind, sunny. So the conditions are going to be good. But North Melbourne. Are we sure the game's going ahead? At their their spiritual home down in Hobart. I reckon surely they get within 57 and a half of Melbourne. Surely. It's disappointing it's going ahead. Why? We might need a little break. (laughs) <laughs> We're punch drunk at the moment. We, we are. Lost 14 in a row, Sam. Hey, I'm, I'm seeing you in the morning. I'm seeing you at night. I'll see you in the morning again, David. It's been a great pleasure. Best. Of, I'd like to wish you the best of luck, but I won't. Nice, nice to see you, Sam. We'll see you back here on The Picks this time next week. Join us then. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.